31st of May 2022 and this time now is the time for us to train our minds it's jitta, this mind which is a knowing element that which receives sense impressions we can get the feeling what is this mind that question can arise well it's an element which receives sense impressions and when it knows these, when it comes, becomes aware of them, what happens depends on whether there's wisdom or whether there's delusion that's operating. And if the wisdom in our mind has good strength to it, then it will be able to destroy the delusion. And that's because in this case, this panya, wisdom is in charge. So for Dhamma to arise within our hearts, that relies upon our training of this mind. And so we need to train it as we have heard. Because if we don't train these minds, then they're like water that flows from a high place. And it flows down into a stream, and then into a river, and then out into the ocean. It always goes downwards. It follows the emotions and sense impressions. So what we're doing now with training our minds is training them to go against this flow, the flow of the world, in order to reach the Dhamma. So there's the Lokutara Dhamma, this transcendent Dhamma, and there's the Lokya Dhamma, the Dhamma of the world. So this Lokutara Dhamma, it's above the world, above cause, beyond effect, above happiness, beyond suffering, above birth, beyond death. And this is a teaching of Ajahn Chah. So we should contemplate this, take this teaching and reflect upon it. What's it like? What's going on here? What is being above cause and beyond effect like? Because if the heart is in the world, then it has this cause and effect. It's within um, this happiness and suffering. There's self, there's me, and there's you. And if we send the mind out, then that's how we see things, that there's a me and there is you or them. And this person does that thing, and we think that this person is like that, that they're not good in these ways. And we can also focus on our own faults as well. And if we do that too much, then that's not right. And so if that's excessive, then what it is, is aversion, anger and ill will towards ourselves. Just think about the ways in which we're not good, and that's not correct. And sorry, when, when thoughts which come up are no good, when they're bad thoughts, um, then we don't like them. We don't want for them to be there, we don't want to have these thoughts. 
And then there's aversion towards ourselves, ill will towards ourselves that come up. But that too is coming from defilement. When we are in this world, then we receive the sense impressions from this world. And we also receive these eight worldly winds, those of gain and loss, uh, praise and disrepute, praise and censure, uh, status and disrepute, and pleasure and pain. And if we haven't trained these minds already, then they'll just go following the ways of the world. But when we train them well, then they can abide above the world, above cause and effect, above happiness and suffering. But the mind of a Pratujana, one thick with defilements, is engulfed in happiness and suffering. If they meet with something they like, they get happy. If it's something they dislike, they suffer. And it's constantly like this, the heart that is in the world. And so we want to know what is this transcendence like? this Dhamma which is above the world. And in order to get that, we need to know the world, know it in line with its reality. Know old age, sickness and death, the nature of suffering. We know the truth of Sankara's of conditions. But right now, our minds are opposed to the truth, and we can't accept it. We just accept that which we like, but those things we don't like, we don't want them. And so suffering comes up. So what then do we do? And if we don't train our minds, then they'll just be like this. Last life, they were this way. In this life, they are this way. In our next life, they'll be just like this all over again. And actually, if we don't train them, they may get lower and lower. So we should try to train our minds so that they become better, they become higher. So the fact that we have this faith and belief in Buddhism, it shows that we do have merit already. And perhaps before we didn't have much faith, or we did, but it didn't go in very deep. But we also have these kind of inherited traits from our past. And to have this respect, this respect for Buddhism. And some people, they, when they recollect the Buddha, then a lot of joy arises within their heart. And perhaps they don't really know what's going on. Maybe they chant and they feel really happy, and they like it. And they look forward to the day where they get to chant. It's like children, sometimes at school, that the day before the lunar observance days, and they go to the monastery to chant. And they really like that because the heart becomes peaceful. So the training of this mind is something that's very important. So may we all have effort in that. Try. And through that we'll see the Dhamma. Because really the Dharma is not far away, it's something close to us. If we're deluded, it is far. But if we have knowledge, then the Dharma is right here in front of us. It's like how when some people, they come to the monastery, they just see the physical things. 
They see the soil, they see the trees and the dharma halls, the jetties. And this is a collection of earth, water, fire and air. What they're seeing is just the external temple. And so that's just the external temple. But what we should be trying to do is build up the temple within our own minds. And that's building up peace within ourselves. And this is a temple that we can go into wherever we are. And that's how the great teachers have put it. That whether we're in a boat or a car or at home, and we can have this temple within our hearts. So we should ask ourselves, is there skillfulness there? Today have I created a lot of merit? Or is there demerit? We should measure our minds in this way, trying to build up this inner temple. And we need to be firm in training these minds. Because those people who follow up on their minds, who take care of them, they'll be freed from Mara's snare. And what Mara means is that which destroys goodness. And like and some people, get the, they get this intention to do something good, but then they become lazy. And that right there is Mara destroying that goodness. Or sometimes the Sankharas are not supportive and they become an obstruction to our practice. Like when some people try to sit in meditation, they get very achy and full of pain. But if they sit and watch shows on TV, they can sit for very long periods. And why is that? Why are things that way? And for others, they may have this intention to practice. And maybe they have this thought that they will ordain as a monk because they've got such faith in the Buddha-sasana. And they're over 50 years old and they think, well, when I retire, when I'm 60, then I can ordain for one rain's retreat. And they even go through some surgery, getting rid of uh, cysts, so they're able to ordain. But then, before that happens, before they're able to, they get in a car in an accident, and uh, there's damage done to their head, and they die. And their life is cut short. This too is Mara. And also the sankharas of our thoughts, of proliferation, these can destroy goodness as well. But for us, we have this good intention and to build up meritorious deeds. And we're able to pass through many obstacles, many things that are trying to obstruct us. So this sincerity, this intention, is something that's really important. It's like we have this intention to chant every day, or the monks have this sincerity to keep the standards and the ways of practice of the monastery uh, to the best that they can. And through this, then we're building up goodness constantly. We have this effort, we're set in this way. And sometimes the mind can be quite unsettled and be very scattered and think without stop. And in this case, we should contemplate 
use these thoughts, these sankharas, to contemplate and tell ourselves, it's not sure, this is uncertain. And we reiterate this point. Just like if we dig into the ground, then eventually we'll meet with water. And these days we've got different tools, machinery to help with that. So sometimes we drill a hole and it's just 40 meters and there's water. But it really depends on the place. Sometimes you drill in one place, you don't find water, you have to go to another place, then another place. But eventually you can meet it. And sometimes it's 100 meters until you find water. So we see with this practice it's the same. If we do it, if we put in our our efforts without stop, then we will succeed. The suffering that we experience gets less and less. Because the attachment that we have towards the five khandas is reducing. And if we just attach to these five khandas, these five aggregates, then all we'll experience will be suffering. In one of the Krubhajans, the great teachers, they said that these five khandas are like a red-hot iron. And if we touch that piece of iron on the top, it's hot. If we touch it on the sides, it's hot. If we touch it underneath, it's hot. Anywhere we touch it, it's going to burn us. And that's what it's like having attachment towards these five khandas. So this is really obvious if we take it in terms of this body, if we look at this just this body, that which we have love or anger or fear or hatred towards, it's this body, and it's that which we can see clearly. And who teaches us to be like this? It's just a habit that we've had from the past, and to feel angry or love or hatred or fear. But we should contemplate that, well now we have this breath, but when the breath runs out and they take fire and they burn this body, then, or burn the body of others, then even though that person was a very close friend of ours, we can become afraid of them. When they're dead, then we're afraid that we may meet with them again. We're afraid are they going to come and visit us. So we should be intent on practicing, on meditating, in order to have knowledge which can destroy the delusion within our hearts. And this delusion, this is Lokya, this is the world. And so in that state of the world, and then there is happiness and there is suffering, there is us and them me and you. You see that he is a person, she is a being. But if we contemplate well and see clearly, we'll also see that these things don't exist. There is no being, no individual, no me, no you. So we come back to emptiness as quick as we can. You see that in reality There's no person there. It's just physicality and mentality arising and ceasing. And this physicality, it doesn't know what's going on. 
the body depends on the brain. And the brain, uh, the mind uses the brain to give orders to the body. And we can receive sense impressions due to this brain, like the physical sensations of this body. But we should contemplate that it's not really there, it's not really true. We use wisdom to bring about samadhi in this way. And seeing it as being empty, and here is a very important point, a very important place. But we should also understand that right now we're not there yet. We still have a self. And so we need to develop kindness towards one another. We should train these minds to have this quality of metta, of loving-kindness. To not differentiate, to not separate out into my group and your group. Uh, this kind of person, that kind of person. We don't separate out like this. Because all people wish for happiness. No one wants to suffer. So we shouldn't separate out um, like this. But rather we have kindness towards one another. We support one another. We take care of each other. And then through that, then there'll be harmony in the community. And there'll be happiness. And even though we haven't yet reached these transcendent Dhamma, but we still have Dhamma, we've still got Sila Dhamma, this Dhamma of morality. We also have generosity as well. And then we come to cultivate our minds to practice. And so we bring the mind into a state of Samadhi and trying to make it firm. Because if the mind is firm, then things become easier. But if there's no firmness there to the mind, um, then it'll be very unstable. There can be faith, there can be effort, but the mind isn't yet well established. So in that case, if the mind's thinking a lot, if it's very scattered, then we need to bring up these meditation, meditation words and repeat them very quickly. We use wisdom to contemplate as well, to bring this mind back into some kind of peace. Because it can be like this, that the mind can just be thinking without stop, just spinning and spinning away, and just going on without letting up. But if we carry on practicing, bringing up these meditation words without stop as well, then it will come into peace. And then it will gain energy as well. This energy which can destroy this restlessness of mind. And we can use that energy to develop wisdom as well. Contemplate into the body, separate out the elements and the khandas, see clearly into their nature that there's no me, there's no you there. And here emptiness arises. <coughs> so we should try to reach emptiness as quick as we can. Whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, we're mindful. Speaking, listening, eating, drinking, thinking, we're mindful. We carry on training ourselves like this. During the time of the Buddha, <coughs> um, many people could reach stream entry very quickly. And that's because they had a lot of bharami that trained themselves already. Like the Brahmin Diganaka, 
or Anantapindaka, Lady Visaka, Lady Malika, or King Bimbisara and his people, um, they had a lot of Bharami that they had developed from previous lives. Whatever the case, we train ourselves in this life to the best of our ability. And if we don't get yet get there in this life, then in the next life we'll be closer. And maybe we'll get to the point in that life where there's no eighth life left. We're able to close off the lower realms. Why is that? It's because we've seen that into not-self. And so where are we going to go? In places that are bad, that are evil, we can't go there because there's not-self. The mind is bright and it's gone beyond the world. So we need to sacrifice everything before we can get there. All of our attachments, attachments to me and you, we don't separate out between us and them. Because in reality, they just don't exist. The, these things just come from the mind. They're just proliferations of the mind. These mental sankharas. And the mind, this knowing element, um, there's no difference there between different knowing elements. And really there's no person there. We can see that also with this body, that when the jitta leaves the body, then who is it? Who's left? It's just a body lying there still. We can't say that it's a police officer, or a teacher, or a monk, or a novice. And the body doesn't know that, it doesn't claim any of these things. It's just these elements of earth, water, fire and air. But even those are conventions, those are just names. They don't know that they're called that. When these elements decay, then there's nothing left, it's just emptiness. And so this is what physicality and mentality is like. So we should be firm in training ourselves and put our efforts in. And if we do that, then it won't be long until we see the Dhamma. Until wisdom arises. So we put in our efforts and we don't toss that out. And when we do that, then we will see the Dhamma. And just like how if we dig into the ground, then we will meet with water. If we train our minds, then we will see the Dhamma. So may all of you set your hearts on this. <laughs>